Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Kim. And we're founders of Runway Unlimited. We are a fashion model mother-daughter duo interviewing industry experts on their take of the fashion world, the direction of the industry, and what life looks like behind the runway. On today's episode, we talk with Brian Hessian, Vice President of Soft Goods for Giant Tiger, known as Canada's Save On Everything store. We talked to Brian about the impact that COVID-19 has had on retail and an insider look at the strategizing, creativity, and future of fashion. Welcome, Brian, to Behind the Runway. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. To start us off, as VP of Soft Goods for Giant Tiger, with over 250 stores across Canada, tell us about your role in fashion with this iconic Canadian company. My role really is to lead a group of uh, really talented teams, uh, and they... You know, together we 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 work through a strategy development uh, for the company for Giant Tiger and its fashion and footwear. We do a lot of financial planning, uh, but my my role really is to lead them in what we call assortment ideation, uh, sourcing, development, buying, and the result of that is is delivering great fashion and footwear merchandise at at truly exceptional values, and. You know, I work with several groups to bring all of that to life. Um, and, you know, we call them cross-functional groups, but basically it's just a, a, a set of teams. So, you know, the fashion buying teams work with marketing, uh, including all the digital channels, which is uh, an important part of our, of our um, company today, uh, merchandising, store operations, and even information systems, because there's so much dependent on technology. So, try to lead all those groups to work together and bring to life uh, this great fashion. Uh, you know, Giant Tiger, I'm glad you called us an iconic Canadian company. We've been around for, we've been <laughs> around for 50, what is it now? 59 years. Uh, yeah. Wow. And, and, and we're still ambitious. Our ambition is still to be Canada's favorite discount retailer. Uh, and we really think that uh, that's, uh, you know, not only an ambition, but something that we strive to do every day. Uh, we offer uh, current on-trend fashions at great prices, as you probably know, and I think that plays an yeah, and that plays an important role in in that mix. You know, it's one of the things that makes us unique. It's certainly part of what makes Giant Tiger different from most other discount retailers. The fact that you know we offer uh, a full grocery assortment, uh, uh, hard lines for all the seasons of the year, and home and. Uh, lawn and garden and so on but but uh, on-trend fashion at great prices makes us really unique with that mix and five years ago this is something I'm particularly proud of when you asked me what I helped lead uh, with these teams five years ago we set out to rebuild our fashion offering Giant Tiger had a tradition of being as a discount retailer and tradition of being uh, that relied a lot on deals and uh, a product that that was on the market not necessarily designed and uh, and uh, put together for our customer, but rather just very price focused. But five years ago, we set out to rebuild our fashion offering on on a foundation of exclusive private brands, and we started that with uh, that journey with women's wear. Uh, we then addressed uh, children's wear because we're a family store. Uh, men's wear, footwear, accessories followed, 
And uh, I'm extremely proud of where we are today with our private brands. You know, they allow us to offer our customers unique designs at really the lowest prices in market. Uh, and because we do all the work ourselves internally, uh, the buying teams are not only buyers, but they're really product developers and, uh, and uh, you know, specialists at taking inspiration and designing and bringing it to life. We stay very, very close to our stores. This is something that's also very unique with Giant Tiger. We stay very close to our stores throughout the whole process because it helps us understand what our customers really want, market by market. And our stores are franchised. Um, you know, some Canadians know that. Not all Canadians know that, but our stores are franchised. So the, the operators are also owners. And as such, uh, I stay very close to them. So you ask me again what my role is. My role is to really... Uh, uh, design and develop, help design and develop fashion that works for them. So they're very engaged and we're very engaged with them. And I think when you put it all together, it's, it's just hugely successful. You know, you, you can go into a store today compared to, um, you know, I've, I've known Giant Tiger as a brand for a long, long time. And you go into a store today compared to, you know, as you say, sure. more than five years ago, and, and is, it has a completely sure. different streamlined look. It, it really does um, have a, a beautiful look to it. So I, I'm really interested because the last few months have been an absolute mm. challenge for, for so mm. many companies. And if you can speak to the, your reaction and the company reaction in those first few weeks what were your top priorities as the um you know as the country started to to close down mm -hmm. and and uh retailers were were really sort of rebounding and trying to figure out you know or yeah. reacting what were your priorities in those first few yeah. weeks uh what 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 did you yeah. need to get to yeah well this is uh, you know i've been in this business now for uh, over 25 years and this is truly our my first experience of a truly black swan moment, one that nobody expected, uh, at least not to this degree, and, and, uh, and nobody really knew what was going to happen, and certainly not in the first few moments. So I, I, I think we can all remember the first few weeks. Uh, I certainly do. Back in mid-March, you know, when the, the so-called so great shutdown was starting to take hold, I remember in the, in the weeks uh, just ahead of that, actually, in February, we were already canceling travel plans that was the first thing i remember when i think back can't tra travel travel plans to europe uh, we go to europe often to get inspired uh, we go to asia so we were canceling those plans and thinking well we'll delay them right we'll just go a little later and and, and we right. you know, we just thought that was a prudent thing to do and we were actually i remember we were talking to the travel companies and saying oh we'll just keep our ticket we'll just go a little later we couldn't have predicted we couldn't have predicted right. even in late february uh, the full impact of the pandemic and the steps we needed to take come uh, mid-March. And I remember my initial reaction, uh, as was all of ours, uh, when we got to the middle of March, around March 12th, when, when things really started to get serious uh, with government intervening and so on, uh, all of us in the leadership at Giant Tiger were first and foremost centered on health and safety and all of the repercussions for right. our own associates and for our customers. You know, we are a retailer first and foremost, and we had to think about very quickly about what this was going to mean for our associates, how they're going to work, our associates in the stores, uh, so-called frontline associates and our customers. So we, we uh, in the very, very first days, we struck a committee internally called the Pandemic Committee. That's very original. And, uh, and I was part of that because I run uh, a separate office, part of our head office, but I run the Montreal Buying Office, which there are 80 of us there. 
And, and so my responsibility was to uh, understand and respond to all the government guidance and, and communications that were coming up in the early days. And we continue that that committee still is, exists today and we're still re- responding, of course. But the, the and then finally, our, our office, our Montreal office had to shut down on March 24th when the Quebec uh, provincial government declared that all non-essential um, offices needed to close. And, and we remained closed until further notice. That really took us till about the middle of May. So really, initially, it was just wow. the logistics of dealing with, uh, okay, we're going to close. Uh, how are we going to take care of our people? How are they going to continue to work? What are we going to work on? And, and how are we going to keep the business running? Um, you know, meanwhile, and I'll just turn the page a moment to uh, what was going on overseas. Uh, you know, being in the fashion business, uh, apparel, footwear, and accessories, we are quite dependent on uh, what goes on overseas, China in particular, other countries like Bangladesh and Cambodia. And I remember by the middle of February into the middle of March, China had been closed, uh, effectively closed and in lockdown for the, about four weeks. And we are, you know, like all other major fashion retailers, we're producing goods in China, but it had just completely stopped. Uh, so we were feeling the impact of supply and capacity disruption. One of my top priorities was to work closely with my global sourcing team, as well as our local uh, partners here in Montreal that do a lot of uh, importing for us overseas to ensure that the supply chain could deliver our spring and summer product uh, as best we can. Now, you know, as a reminder, a giant tiger uh, was deemed to be an essential retailer because we sell groceries and therefore, therefore we never closed. Uh, and, and yet our supply side was being disrupted uh, mainly out of China initially, but then uh, downstream in places like Bangladesh. Um, and so we had to figure out very quickly uh, how to keep uh, the goods coming into our stores. Um, and, but remarkably, uh, production and shipments got back on track relatively quickly. Uh, we, have, we have amazing partners both here and overseas, and they just worked um, really hard to make sure that, you know, if it was, you know, we had a week or two disruption, uh, but we still had product coming to the stores. And we found ourselves, you know, in a rather unique position uh, uh, in, in that we weren't closed and that our customers were still coming to our stores. Now, but to be honest, um, you know, we were very fortunate because of that. And it felt like a privilege to be able to sell uh, our fashions during that during that shutdown, particularly the, the first few moments of the, the shutdown period. The the yeah. it was still uh, you know I can share with you that you know demand uh, for fashion in those first few days dropped off dramatically. Uh, people were buying. You might remember from your own uh, experiences, people were pantry loading. Uh, you know the famous diapers or diapers, pardon me, toilet paper. Was, uh, was, was you couldn't toilet get toilet paper. paper, you couldn't get cleaning products. We were feeling all of that at Giant Tiger. Uh, meanwhile, um, fashion was in the store, was available to buy, but people were really uh, shifting their, uh, their consumption to the, assen- the truly essential uh, product. Absolutely. But within weeks, uh, just a matter of a couple of weeks, uh, all of that bounced back and, and summer was starting to come and late spring, summer. And, uh, and so we, we saw our product and our, the demand for our product jump 
dramatically the other way uh, in early May. And, and we had to react to that. So our next priority was, you know, how do we make sure we get inventory in the stores fast enough to, uh, given that we were one of the few retailers open uh, during that time. And thankfully, we had stored some inventory that had come in in April. We had stored it in our warehouse and we just started in, in sort of chunks, uh, getting it out to the stores as fast as we could. And that persisted. That demand has persisted all the way through June. So frankly, uh, and I think, wow. I think uh, as you can probably appreciate, uh, there's a lot of uh, money in the marketplace with the government assistance checks and so on, which have been, you know, fueling some of that demand um, and including for clothing. Uh, the grocery business has not stopped. Uh, and so basically the, what we saw and what, one of the things we had to prioritize besides all the safety and security issues was really how to respond to the shifts in uh, customer demand. Uh, they were buying di different things and things and, we didn't necessarily expect them to. And how quickly that was oh, yeah. moving, how quickly it was shifting from week to week. It's an, it's incredible yeah. to watch. You think, you know, this is the way things are going. And then the next week it was a completely different uh, direction. So that, that must be particularly um, busy, especially because you do have, you know, over 250 stores across the country. That must have been unbelievably oh, yeah. busy. Very, very, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> no rest. No rest for you. <laughs> now, as as vice president of soft goods and seeing fashion kind of plummet in those first few days, were there any areas on the back end where you had to kind of get particularly creative? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, look, uh, <laughs> you know, these, these you know, so-called black swan moments uh, that you nobody really planned for. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll touch on a little bit of, um, you know, I'll touch on a couple of things. Uh, one of them is sort of process related because I think it's important uh, to reflect on uh, how uh, you adapt in a situation like this. So the shutdown on, I mentioned on March 24th was really quite a shock to our system um, because, you know, as you can imagine, our office has a high, high degree of collaborative work. We work in teams. Uh, we work a lot with product samples we work with materials, fabric swatches, color libraries. We do uh, fit sessions every day with live models. All of this activity is going on all the time. And all of a sudden, boom, from, the, from one day to the next, we all went to work from home. And we had to figure out wow. from one day to the next really quickly how to adapt. And, and so you think about all the product that a fashion company has to deal with, uh, you know, even even the details, the buttons, the, uh, you know, the, the fabric swatches and the, the approvals, the lab dips, all these things that uh, uh, make uh, how you make garments. Uh, now we're working from home and we had to make sure that that product was going to circulate around the teams and into the specific people that needed it very, very quickly. I was amazed at how quick our teams uh, managed and adapted uh, to work from home. So we're a large organization, a big company that is, and we, we were a little bit lucky and fortunate, I have to tell you, that um, we found ourselves, like a lot of other companies, leveraging all of our tech tools. Uh, so, you know, we were using Zoom and WebEx and all the virtual right. tools you could possibly imagine. But just weeks before the pandemic had occurred and we had to experience this, we had equipped every associate in our head offices, both Montreal and Ottawa, with notebook portable computers. 
And that was part of a different plan. We were, we were actually just giving everybody uh, laptops and or notebooks, if you want to call them that. Because we have in place, and we've had in place for about a year now, um, a, a, a more defined work from home policy. And so we were already allowing uh, and encouraging associates to work from home when it made sense for them. But it just, just so happened that we had finished delivering all of these laptops to everybody. So we were able to move on a dime and get uh, people up and working the next day from home. The, 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 the challenge again was around these samples and fits and those things were another story. We had to adjust all of our processes, all of the way that samples move from overseas, from China, from Bangladesh, Purolator, FedEx, all of these things uh, between vendors, how we were going to meet with vendors, how we were going to uh, do fit approvals virtually online, including with people from overseas at different times of the day. We, we, we also got really creative on the, um, the customer side, which at the end of the day is what was most important. Uh, uh, we, we, had, we saw huge swings in the customer's buying patterns. Our e-commerce business, uh, you know, GiantTiger.com, uh, uh, that business shot through the roof. Almost immediately, like a lot of fashion retailers, uh, uh, that business went very, very uh, strong. And uh, we do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, in our, in our e-commerce model, there are various ways you can, we, we call it omni-channel channel model because you can buy in store, you can buy online, pick up in store, you can uh, have it delivered to your door, all of these things. Uh, came into play very, very quickly, and customers were finding new ways to shop with Giant Tiger, including in the fashion side. And it's for us, it's an emerging part of our business. So uh, the e-com team had to really pedal very, very quickly, including we were sending some head office people into the warehouse to try to ship because we couldn't keep up with the demand. Um, so that was somewhat creative. And then on the product side, uh, we saw categories uh, really uh, spike uh, categories that you know we hadn't necessarily planned on. One obvious one was uh, we uh, we sell uh, nurse scrubs, uh, uniforms, of course, and uh, we're a very strong player in that category. But we didn't expect a 150 percent increase in uh, in nurse scrubs wow. from one week to the next. And when that happened, uh, thankfully we have some great suppliers that were able to feed us uh, new inventory. And uh, that was a whole other uh, type of creative. And then, as I mentioned earlier, process. That's, to me, this, there's, you know, uh, we have a great, great team. And, and you want to call it creativity. You could call it, uh, a, a, you know, being very agile, certainly adaptable. And I'm really proud of everybody. That's uh, the work that's been done. Not to mention, and I should never leave out, uh, you know, the folks that work in our supply chain and the warehouses and things like that, the work that they had to do, I'm talking like, 50% more, uh, if you just talk about work to get the product out of the, out of the warehouses, especially on the grocery side, uh, and that's a huge volume of business. We're not alone there. The other grocery stores would have felt the same uh, type of uh, demand of increase. People were no longer shopping and uh, going to restaurants, so uh, they were spending their dollars on food for home. And so tons of creativity, tons of adaptability, and very agile and uh, and we're getting through it and it's not over yet we're every day every uh, every week we are still trying to uh, plan now uh, calling it planning now because we're starting to see patterns emerge uh, on what to do next 
an unbelievable moment in in your oh, yeah. work life and uh, on just such incredible lessons learned and it it, it brings to mind um, you know we are starting to hear a lot of chatter um, as you know traditionally fashion designers and fashion will come in seasons you know we'll have our spring fall we have our you know holiday wear and and we have four sure. different seasons sure. normally and we're hearing chatter that the industry may move away from this type of schedule um, and start dropping individual products or, you know, sort of dripping out products throughout the year, very much like the music business yeah. has done. So are you hearing the same thing? And, and, and what are your thoughts on this type of shift? Yeah, yeah that, that's an excellent question. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, this precedes one of the things that we're seeing with the conditions during the pandemic uh, is an acceleration of, of trends that were already emerging. It just is taking it and putting it into sort of hyper speed. Um, I'm not sure if I would go that far with this piece, but you know, we're, we're a discount retailer. Um, and, and uh, but, but at the same time we run our business, the fashion part of our business with, very, very fast stock turns. Uh, we are a low-priced uh, discount retailer, as I said. Uh, our prices are exceptionally low and, and great value. So we turn very, very quickly. Already, already right. our women's wear business um, is on a, uh, what I would describe as six seasons uh, it, 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 over the course of the year. So we're not on four, we're on six. Uh, so every two months, but within that two-month cycle, we'll drop at least two collections per brand. So you're really at 12 uh, when you really think about it. And, and we go even in excess of 12. Our, our top brands uh, like My Style and Lily Morgan uh, in women's wear will drop in 14 collections a year. Um, now, seasons and collections aren't quite the same thing. I recognize that. Uh, but the, the point is that you know, we turn very quickly. We're not alone there. There are others you know, like Zara, for instance, who are really at the fast end of the pace. Uh, but, but we're already seeing, no question we were seeing before, um, before the pandemic, uh, whether it's the influence of e-commerce and, and di the digital economy and the digital channels where you can have access to information and new trends every day on all kinds of different social platforms. And those platforms are driving innovation. They're driving newness all the time and for customers to see. So you don't even have to go to a store to get updated on what the latest things are. So I think these influences were all of those, uh, those, those elements were there to begin with. And now you have this accelerating uh, feature, both with digital channels. So e-commerce, as I said, our e-commerce business, not alone here has grown tremendously. I know that the markets, you know, Canadian market e-commerce uh, uh, accelerated immensely in the last uh, 12 weeks. But you're constantly flowing new product, and that's what we do, uh, even within these, quote, seasons. There's also, you know, this idea that things are getting more seasonless, um, and, you know, mm -hmm. colors. Obviously, there's always going to be fabrications that get, you know, you get into heavier weight fabrications when you get to the fall and, and lighter weight fabrications in spring and summer. And then you have different lengths. You'll do shorts and capris in summer and spring, of course. 
and and full length pants and so on and jackets will come into in and out of but but when you look at the whole year uh now um there is uh this seasonless you know how do we keep customers excited all the time you know the runways are even moving this way but if you just talk in terms of real uh what real uh canadians are looking for uh they're they're looking for newness all the time and and a lot of that i think is driven by what we're seeing on social platforms um you know i, I mentioned zara earlier uh, you probably know how they operate but they're an industry leader and I have a lot of respect for zara they they drop in new styles constantly and they do it deliberately in small capsules and it's always limited quantities to drive up demand and they really create the sort of pent-up demand get it now or it's gone uh sense we're not Zara, but, but we believe that that sense of, you know, uh, you come into our store and hopefully we can show you something new all the time um, is important. You know, uh, uh, we are, we are as you know, I've said a few times on this call that we're, we're a grocery store. So you can imagine that we have customers coming in frequently. Uh, it's sort of incumbent upon us to give them something new to look at when they come in the store that frequently. Uh, they're not necessarily coming in for uh, fashion every time, but we certainly want to excite them with something new when they do come in or when they visit us on our website, however they're transacting and, and, and engaging with, with Giant Tiger. Um, you know, I think, I think any retailer that, that thinks in terms of not so much seasons, but, but in terms of what's right uh, at any time during the course of the year and what's new and what should be new and how do I get my customer, keep my customer engaged, puts that retailer in a, in a very good position. It also, you know, if you talk, talk in terms of business, minimizes markdowns because you're in and out of things far faster. You can sell product at full margin, so the profitability is better. That's a business discussion, but, but it's, it, it, the fact is, it's, you know, give the customers what they want more frequently, and you'll have a much more loyal and, and excited customer, I think, in, we certainly believe that, and uh, every day we try to get better and better at that. Now, along along this same vein of mm. talking about um, leaders in the fashion industry and kind of brands that are very recognizable, such as Giant Tiger, such as yep. Zara, can you speak on the damage done to other fashion retailers who maybe are smaller brands or aren't as, aren't as known? What is the impact that COVID-19 has had on some of these brands and retailers? Right. Yeah, um, look, uh, any, any of us who are in the business, uh, uh, and certainly we uh, have a lot of friends and a lot of uh, people that we know that are working at other organizations, other retailers. There's no question uh, fashion retailers in general um, that rely on, particularly those that rely on heavily on brick and mortar stores uh, to get their product into the, into, to their customers. They've been hurt enormously by the pandemic and, and all the, you know, the shutdown. It's just been very, very difficult. And as I say, we know, we, we know a lot of people who are uh, directly impacted. It's, it's been very tough. And we absolutely feel for them. I, I, I'll go back to where I started. Uh, all I can say is that we've been just f extremely fortunate and grateful to be where we are in the position that we are. But, you know, looking at those retailers, I'll just talk about, you know, some are large. So there are some very large retailers that are in, uh, now find themselves in some terrible financial conditions as a result of the pandemic. There's no question. Some of them are, many of them are small. 
Um, but some were already in trouble uh, before the outbreak. Yeah. And what the pandemic has done is if, if either they were highly leveraged or had some sort of underlying financial condition that uh, made them vulnerable, uh, it certainly has, um, has made that uh, more evident now. And we're seeing it. There's you know, companies that are filing for uh, protection. Others will simply restructure and perhaps shed part of their businesses that are less uh, attractive, less profitable. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be this sort of culling of the herd, uh, so to speak. And, and we saw some of that back in 08 and 09, uh, the, the last uh, major economic recession. And let's face it, we are in a recession now. It's more severe in terms of the depth of it and, and uh, you know, how many people are out of work and so on. But the shutdown itself, the fact that so many malls, indoor malls, outdoor malls were virtually shut down um, is just incredibly damaging financially, number one. The, the next question is, you know, how will these retailers, as we begin to reopen uh, and markets begin to reopen, how will they um, respond? Uh, what will the shopping experience look like? How can they even... Uh, begin to regain uh, some momentum now, even if they're at 50% capacity or, or how they make the shopping experience interesting. You know, I, I was on a call just before uh, we started talking uh, with my team and, you know, many of us are sort of fashion addicts to begin with and we're in the malls on the weekend and so on. And, you know, not ex without exaggeration, there was an hour and a half lineup to get into a Lululemon uh, in a mall close close by to my home, and that's a pretty devoted customer who will stand in line for an hour and a half uh, to get into a store, and then probably have that experience in the store be very sort of difficult because you come into the store, you're, there's limited amount of people in the store, so you kind of feel like you have to go in and out pretty quickly. I assume, uh, I would think. Uh, so the shopping experiences aren't going to be great for a, a while yet. Um, so uh, the Customer engagement, one, one thing that, that it has told me is that the brands, the, the brands that have, um, that are loved and that are admired by their customers will find a way to continue to engage with them, whether it's uh, online or otherwise, but they are no doubt keeping that relationship alive somehow. But, you know, it's going to be very hard for a number of retailers. I really worry about the mom and pop shops, so to speak, the independent retailers that have built businesses in smaller communities or on main streets across Canada um, and who have been shut down. Uh, it, it, you know, not unlike the restaurant business, uh, it, a lot of the hospitality, uh, part of the hospitality industry, devastating, frankly. So we don't know. We still don't know, even though there's a sense that the economy is opening up and things are getting back to normal. Uh, I believe that we're in this for a long time, certainly the next six months. And, and you know, it's difficult to try to imagine with some of these retailers and how they will uh, deal with a depressed demand, you know, uh, less customers buying less uh, for the next six months. And it could go, be, it could go beyond that uh, quite easily. So I think it's, it's very difficult. And, and again, Giant Tiger, uh, there are other players like us uh, who are, have never had to close. And, and all we can say is our heart goes out to some of these folks 
and and we wish that that you know obviously we wish this had never happened and all we could do is um is you know do what we can for our own customers uh but you know, we we hope that we hope that we see brighter days soon for everybody it's going to be very hard for many fashion retailers you know i i didn't say it earlier uh, i'll just add this one piece like at the end of the day fashion is a discretionary spend nobody really needs to spend uh you know you you have to buy food to survive so to speak uh but when when you're into discretionary categories like fashion or some of the hospitality areas uh you know it's very very troubling to think uh how people are going to shift their spending and People are, are feeling very, many, many Canadians are suffering and don't have money to spend. Uh, so the, what's the first thing that's going to go? It's going to be uh, discretionary spending. People have to pay their rent. They have to buy food. They have to take care of their loved ones. Uh, they, you know, the last thing they have to do is, is buy more clothes. Um, so... Uh, I'm worried for the industry. I think we're going to see some more fallout for sure. And, and who knows, uh, until there's a, a true resolution to this pandemic, uh, and the longer this goes on, the more difficult it's going to be. It is really heartbreaking. I know uh, driving around the city um, and seeing these shops closing down and my heart always goes out to them because I know uh, the, the dreams that go behind, sure. you know, the logos on the, on the front and you think the, the money, the dream, the, the time spent, all of that, um, you know, is, is closing down and, and it is a heartbreaking thing to see. You know, I'll, I'll, and, you I'll know when you look I'll, back, I'll right back sorry. in for a second, and this is just a, per, a personal yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a do, big do. fan of a, uh, of a retailer called Frank and Oak. And, uh, you know, they're, yes. they're a, a great Love it. story. It started off as an online pure play and opened up, I think they've got 20 stores a song. And today, uh, I, I see on my newsfeed that they filed for bankruptcy protection, and yeah. and that, that's just another oh, example. Of, you know, you talk about idea, you talk about dreams. There's a Montreal-based company with a great uh, brand, uh, uh, forward-thinking. You know, sustainability. They're touching all the great things that you want to see in fashion moving forward, and and it looks like they're in some difficulty. Um, so you know, as a fan of the brand. Uh, I'm sitting there going, oh, God, uh, yeah. you know, so we're going to feel that yeah. for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at fashion uh, in history, it always, after every war, after uh, 9-11, after recessions, fashion comes back. People are looking for uh, whether it be a color or there's something about fashion that brings joy and it always fashion seems to respond with styles or colors or something that cheers people up and i'm wondering if you can imagine a year from now or or if is it going to be two years from now we don't know i wonder how fashion will respond whether it be through light fabric color what is it that fashion will do to try and soothe our bruised mm. souls of the pandemic you're getting uh, you're getting emotional about, about that yeah it's but it's true you you took it to a better place where fashion is about feeling good it's about feeling making yourself feel better whether it's buying a a, a new top 
or, or, or you know, if you even want to go to accessories, whether it's handbags or jewelry or whatever it might be, um, it, let's face it, that's what, why we, we, we're in the business. That's why we love it. And, and, and yep. we are looking to this. And this is, I am sure, why there were an hour and a half long lineups outside of Lululemon. Those are people going, I need something to make me feel better. Uh, and so, so, uh, so that's going to, for sure, uh, uh, you know, you're going to see some of that over the next, uh, that's why people are going to restaurants, even though, you know, there's plenty of reasons not to go to restaurants. Uh, we want to feel somewhat normal. We want to feel good. And, and fashion is going to play an important role there. Um, you know, I, I was thinking when you were asking, thinking of the question, when you were asking the question, I was thinking, okay, should I talk about trends about the acceleration of e-commerce or, you know, this continuous shift to digital and, and so on uh, and how we're going to buy things that that's all true, but maybe less uh, uh, let's say sexy to talk about than what, what we're really going to see in terms of clothing and styling and design. Um, I think, uh, but I can't help myself. I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, 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 you know, as a retailer, what we can expect in terms of how fashion will get delivered to customers. I, if you're going to see um, a couple of things uh, over the next, it may not happen. You may not be evident to you in the next 12 months, but over time uh, for sure, as retailers, we're going to be more cautious with inventory. Uh, uh, all of us will be. And so you'll see a reduction in inventory. So less amounts in stores, uh, but it doesn't mean you won't still get this pulsing of, you know, uh, uh, every week you'll have new styles, but you're going to see uh, retailers um, shift their investment into be more cautious. That's without doubt. And so you'll see a little less of what you normally would see um, uh, in terms of uh, across all of retail. Uh, you're also, uh, but I think more importantly, broader in terms of themes, whether it's brighter colors, whether you see things that are going to make you feel better, we're, we're already planning next summer uh, of 21. We always work at least 12 months in advance. We're already looking at all the fashion uh, direction that's coming to us from the trend services uh, out further than that, 18 months. I would tell you there isn't a dramatic shift in terms of color stories or uh, color feels that where we would have been you know, pre-pandemic. It's not like they went into the pandemic and said, okay, now let's change all of our color stories for next year. Uh, but, the, but there are elements right. that were already emerging. I'm going to keep coming back to the same theme. Things that were coming uh, uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the forefront pre-pandemic that may just become more important. And this all tie it into uh, two um, trends that, that we see broadly in the market globally. One is um, this idea that uh, fashion, people are becoming a little bit more conscious with fashion in every which way, whether that is sustainability issues around using recycled materials or recycled you know processes that use less waste uh, or less materials just generally uh, everything to do with sustainability will continue to will now accelerate you'll see more and more of that and associated with that i think is you'll see this idea of consumption and are we consuming too much uh, or how we consume? Should we be more thoughtful and more conscientious about what we buy? And imagine I'm a discount retailer uh, and I'm thinking about these things because it's important to my customer 
as much as it's important to uh, a customer that may be shopping at a at a high end uh, in high end retail or or even shopping designer. Um, and right. so it, there are elements in there that I think you might see some, uh, uh, you know, whether I, I, I'm thinking now you keep mentioning colors. So I keep thinking, okay, how is she, how am I going to translate this into color for her? Or if it's prints, you know, will the print, will, will make it, it be, colorful. Will, will <laughs> prints or not, we're not, we're not going to see <laughs> doom and gloom. That's, I can tell you that for sure. Why? Because we're certainly in, in, in the segment of, of that I, uh, sir, we don't ever get too serious with our fashion. We want it to be happy. We want it to make you feel better. So whether it's floral prints or beautiful geometrics or stripes with color, we're all about that. So, so generally speaking, uh, I don't think that's going to really change. I, I will say that, uh, that we, like other retailers, are going to have to make it interesting. We're going to have to give you a reason to buy and, and, uh, and a reason to get excited about new trends. I, sometimes I feel like there's, this year was a bit of a pause. It was like the, see, the year that never happened. Uh, if you're in the fashion business, you're like, okay, here are the latest trends, but there were no trends because there were no stores right. open. Uh, so we'll just start over next year. Uh, but the truth is there will be new trends, and there are because uh, it, it always moves forward. Uh, and, and so I think we're focused on modernizing and, and keeping things fresh and interesting for next year. And uh, you're going to see that from the better retailers. You'll see new, you'll see uh, new bodies, new styles, new fabrications. Fabrications are moving really, it's really getting interesting. Uh, if you haven't heard the term ath lifestyle, I'm sure you've heard ath leisure. Uh, uh, so absolutely, you may have heard of ath lifestyle. This is we're now into a, 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 a phase, I'm, I'm generally thinking of women's wear, but there's, it also applies to men's, um, led by people like Lululemon or Athleta and these guys, where you, uh, you see the merging of active wear and casual, which can also be on the go, so I'm going to work. And so this, this, this idea that uh, innovation and fabric innovation, uh, these are the things that are going to dominate uh, uh, newness. Uh, in the next uh, few years, pandemic or not. Uh, now, there's one other element that's really worth mentioning, and this is where <laughs> I you know, toot the giant tiger horn that we're very good at, and it, it's for our customer, and that is casual comfort. Uh, if you ask me what was trending really, really strongly during the pandemic, I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. Uh, uh, sleepwear. <laughs> and fleece like sweatpants so we sold a ton of sweatpants and casual fleece and things that you wear at home and when you want to be comfortable and sleepwear lots of sleepwear um so you know what your takeaway from that is work from home is here to stay and what are you going to do about that in fashion well uh, that's why I mentioned uh, it doesn't mean that being on the go doesn't mean that you can't be wearing, wearing stuff that's on the go at home. It's really about comfort and casual and active and performance fabrics mixed in with sustainability. I'm throwing a lot of things in here uh, that are going to be the things that we're uh, looking towards for work from home or go to work. And, and imagine if you're working from home more now, and I know we are, uh, we will be, uh, Say if you're working from home two days a week and the other two days or three days you're at the office, you're, you're still going to shift the way you dress. 
So even the office will become a little bit more casual, even more than it has been in the last few years. But that casual is not denim, although denim is around for will continue to be around. The casual is going to be look more like uh, performance, if I can call it that. It's going to be more about fabrics that are that move with you and that make you feel comfortable and uh, at ease. And we're really excited about that. And and you mix in with that the elements of sustainability that even a discount retailer can start to think about. Uh, that makes a lot of sense when you then connect that to uh, consumption and why are you buying clothing and, and what are you buying it for um, besides the pure joy of getting something new and new colors, which seems to be uh, what attracts you mainly, Kim, to buying fashion. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'll be honest. So that, that and so comfort that for long, sure. That's, that's what we see over the next few years. Um, and I think that's here to stay. I know as a consumer, I can tell you that I am excited to hear about sustainable performance gear. Oh, yeah. That sounds like right up, yep. right up my alley and I will be wearing that all day, <laughs> every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. I, I hope we can touch base in a year from now and, and see where Giant Tiger is and where yeah. fashion is. And, uh, you know, we can touch base and, and kind of recap. Um, and congratulations on, you know, getting through what has obviously been a really, really busy time. Um, but it sounds like, uh, you guys are on yeah. the right track. Yeah, no, yeah, we are. Look, thank you for the opportunity. It's been, it's been fun. 